comedy channel. We have no motto. The comedy channel. You laugh until you stop. Comedy is our middle name. And channel be our last name, then, right? Yeah. The comedy channel. Three-dimensional programming on a two-dimensional screen. Brought to you by a one-dimensional person. What the hell? Mottos come and go. The comedy channel. This isn't Russian. But we're always there when you need us. Get the picture? The comedy channel. The comedy channel. Funny. Free. You are listening to the Constant Comedy Podcast with Art Bell and Vinny Favalli. Welcome to the Constant Comedy Podcast. I am Vinny Favalli. I am Art Bell. That makes two of us. Art, does anyone ever say to you, your name rings a bell? Uh, no. Why? Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Bell, by the way, Art Bell is such a great name. It's you could be a comedian with a name like that. You could be a jazz musician. I know you play uh, drums, keyboards, but w- is Bell a derivative of something? Uh, yeah, and actually, we don't know what the uh, the, the name was. Uh, my grandfather came through Ellis Island from Russia, and uh, okay. they handed him a name, and he either forgot his original name or was so embarrassed he didn't tell anyone. It's it's a great name. I mean, it's Art Bell. Yeah, well, the York. problem with being called Art Bell, as you know, Finney, is there's another Art Bell in the oh, world. Oh, right. The dead Art Bell. And for a while, there were two live Art Bells, me and the other Art Bell, who was a radio personality. So I was often... I'm a big fan of the other Art Bell. Yeah, yeah. Who is I knew but... him before you. Before is that I right? knew you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm a fan of his. Knew of him before. You're the second Art Bell in my life, is what I'm trying to say. You're oh, first now, because he's dead. I feel... <laughs> You moved up and I got I moved up because of a death. That's pretty much the story of my career, right? But, but you know what's so you know what's so funny? What we did, you know, I, I we really need to take some of our like so we've written a book together, web sightings, a right, collection right. of websites we to see. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. We're doing this podcast together. And in both cases, I think our sales and our, our ratings have been bumped up because people think they're going to tune into the dead Art Bell, the other Art Bell. Yeah, actually, you know what? My book, when they, <laughs> you know, I wrote a book, um, Constant, a memoir, Comedy. Constant Comedy, and um, it came out in September. And on Amazon, there were so many people who were there <laughs> looking for the other Art Bell. Actually, some people said things like, I didn't know that guy started Comedy Central. That's the, the guy who believed we, we should we should uh, clarify that the other Art Bell was the king of paranormal. He hosted a late a That's right. great late night show, Coast to Coast with Art Bell. Uh, now it's Coast to Coast with George Norrie. Um, and and it was all conspiracy stuff and UFOs and life after death. And he's been dead now for several years, but. That doesn't stop his fan base from believing he may still be able to communicate from the other side a book or write a book. I know. That is a little crazy, but how could I take advantage of that? I've been well. <laughs> I've been trying to think about how can I actually capitalize on my Well, you, you are in that one. Well, you, maybe your bio should be a little more ambiguous that you could actually be the other Art Bell, <laughs> you know? Before you launched Comedy Channel and Comedy Central, Art was, uh, uh, had a, was a big fan of of the afterlife or or of of um aliens oh, it's possible that you All might right. you I, might I, 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 but, but people search for art bell 
looking for the other one and they get your results are probably coming up now, which is. Yeah. One quick funny story. Um, When my publisher said, okay, we're going to do some advertisements for you. What's your middle name? I said, I don't have a middle name. And he said, well, we need a middle name because Why? they're going to confuse you with the other Art Bell. That's and I said, thing. well, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to adopt a middle name. Um, <laughs> I probably should have Art Crazy Bell. Art, C Bell. <laughs> Art rings crazy. a bell. <laughs> anyway, no, it, no, it's 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 great. Um, and you know what else is great? This week's guest. Oh my God, I'm a little for- nervous. I got to be honest with you. I, I was always a little nervous. <laughs> and, and by the way, nervous in in a, in a good way. Uh, our guest this week is Nancy Geller. Can't wait to talk to her. Uh, when I say nervous, it's it's a compliment because she is such an accomplished executive she was when we knew her she's only become even more accomplished since then i mean look when 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 you say like my favorite show is sctv and you tell me that this woman nancy geller is coming aboard because we had launched already right i think she came a little after the launch i want to say Mm -hmm. um and i said wait wait nancy geller i know that name oh my god she's like one of the producers of of SCTV at the height of its, of its popularity. I said, wow, we're going to work with her. And when she came on board, I didn't work directly with her. You worked closer. I worked directly with her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And what were your impressions when you first met her? I, well, you know, I thought she was great. I mean, she, as you pointed out, what I knew about comedy at, the beginning was not much. About well, as Eddie, as Eddie Gordetsky often pointed out. As, as, as our head writer often pointed out, what do you know about comedy? Uh, and the answer was nothing. So um, when Nancy came aboard, uh, she had such a history, as you pointed out, producing SCTV and all kinds of other She things. was an agent and she repped Robin Williams. Right. I mean, she right. was... She was right. tr- and, and, you know, it's I liken it to the fact that if we were... a. a um, an expansion team, right? In the world of cable, we were like one of the new teams. You know, ESPN right. was like the Yankees and we were like the Nets when it was Casey Stegel managing them. The fact that we spent money on a player like Nancy Geller, I mean, that's like getting an MVP player on a very weak team to to, to bolster us up. And that's what she did. I mean, she... she uh, how, headed, how, how weak were we, Vinny? How weak were we? <laughs> We were very weak. Oh my God! Listen, you know when I just when love when you say that when you're doing marathons for Benny Hill, Benny Hill marathons. You know that's not good. Uh, you, you you need programming. You you need original content, and 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 that's what she brought. So anyway, well, we're gonna get into it with her right now, and I am very very excited for this. So are you ready, Art? I am ready. Okay, let's do this. Art and I met our next guest when we all worked together at Comedy Central. Now, Art may have had the original idea for a 24-hour comedy network, but it was Nancy Geller who was a key figure in overseeing the slate of original comedy that defined and cemented Comedy Central's place in cable history and launched the careers of many seminal comedy figures that she continues to work with to this day. Her shows at Comedy Central included Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, 
Dr. Katz, Exit 57, and Woman Aloud. As an agent, she represented a long list of comedy legends, including Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, and Catherine O'Hara. As NBC's vice president of Late Night and Specials, hey, wait, I was a vice president of Late Night at one point. I wanted your job. At CBS. Apparently you can have it. As the vice president <laughs> of Late Night and Specials at NBC, she oversaw Saturday Night Live, Late Night with Tom Snyder, who I love and I became good friends with him, and a TV special, Nancy, that I remember very well, Steve Martin, live from 8H. So we have to talk about that. She was a producer on what was one of the funniest shows in television history, SCTV. Come on, I dare anyone to challenge me on that. At HBO, she was responsible for developing and overseeing all music and comedy events and late night programming, including Real Time with Bill Maher, The Chris Rock Show, Lady Gaga Live from Madison Square Garden, the inaugural concert for Obama, Robin Williams Live on Broadway, and the list goes on and on. We do not have enough time, so I encourage you to check her LinkedIn for all those other amazing credits. She's been not nominated for 11 Emmy Awards and has a busy slate now, including working on the stand-up tribute, which will be part of the must-see National Comedy Center Museum in Jamestown, New York. Please welcome Nancy Keller. Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. <laughs> it's so great to Hi. see you. It's, it's great to, to see, see you. you guys, too. It's been too long. It has been too long. I mean, I don't get it. It's just been too long. But we do have a history together. That's and, for sure. Um, Nancy, how did you feel it, when, when Art opened his book with that story that involved you, Art's book, Constant Comedy? That was oh, great. Yes. Here, it, here it comes. She didn't I, read the book. I didn't read it yet. <laughs> Wait a second. Did you buy it? I bought it. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's good. I love it. I bought it. So I don't care if you read it. As long as you bought it, I need the money. I need that $2 Nancy, he, from he, my he, publisher. He opens it with a great story about Alan King and... and uh, uh, remember inside oh. the com the comics mind was the show I believe right yes 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 yeah we went to the Russian tea room yes remember that's the opening of my book you're oh famous. my god I have it. I, do. it I do I just didn't have a chance I did not right. have a chance well, to now you it, at least I, I only I'll read it because I'm doing a podcast with art I like I had well, to it was required reading art, but art. I, I hear you I read enough of it and about it to know you that I can't it. wait to read it. I mean, I love the whole idea of it. I love that he did it. I was, you know, writing things on LinkedIn about it. I, I uh, yeah, sent I it to people, that. you know, I know a lot about it, but, but there are people who don't. And, and art was really one of the great, uh, great guys and very talented, oh, very, I, very talented. So, so, so how you, did you end up, like we know you started your career, I believe at NBC and we'll get into that, but how did you end up at comedy? Well, I guess comedy channel, comedy channel. You know, that whole thing. Okay. I had been talking to Michael Fuchs about coming to work at, uh, at HBO. And we kept talking and we kept talking. And then I was, I was at ICM at the time. And I went in to see Chris, whose job I took at ICM. He now was at HBO. And we were talking. Chris Albrecht. Chris Albrecht. I'm sorry. Yeah, Chris Albrecht, uh, another great programmer. Um, and he said, do you want to move back to New York? I know you want to move to New York so badly. And I said, tomorrow I want to move to New York. He said, we want somebody to run uh, the comedy channel. That'd be great for you. I said, I'm packed. I'm ready. I, I want to go. So that began a uh, really long, long, long uh, journey into getting that job. 
Okay. I well, mean, I met with everybody, including the guard at the front gate. Did you? And, that was the that uh, was the HBO way. They had to interview. That the, was the HBO did way. Did you know? Did you know when when Chris said um, the Comedy Channel? Did you know what it was? Did you know what he was talking about? And yes, and yes. you knew something about it. Okay. Yes. So yes, we had yes. launched or not? I, I just correct the time. No, no. Yeah, I mean Newton was there. Um, Stu Smiley was the job. I think that I was going to take. I think he was Got involved it. with with yeah. running the channel, and then there was uh, uh, Newton was there, and a couple of other people. No, okay. no, things had. I wasn't there at the very, very beginning, and so when I went in to talk to Michael about it, he said, "You know, it may not last a very long time." And I said, "Well, what does that mean? I'm moving. I'm going to move to New York, and it's like, well, there's some issues, problems, financial, whatever. But I love it. As I said to Art last night, it's our farm club. Right. Uh, we we um, we want to develop talent and and give a place for when you know we can discover talent for, and and obviously you guys did that. So after a couple of months, I got the job, and I moved to New York in five minutes, and uh, it was fabulous. It was it was a dream come true. I had been up for a CBS job, and I gave that up uh, to do this, which was kind of an unknown, but I did want to go back to New York and I did want to be a part of what seemed like for me, having been an agent for so long and being in the talent business for so long, it just seemed perfect. And so I joined it and it was, it was fabulous. It's, it's everything you guys have been talking about. It was, you know, uh, art had set up a, a, an unbelievable, uh, space, which was really awesome. HBO no downtown, wall. right downtown. Yeah, downtown. Uh, uh, you know, Twenty Third Street. No walls. Uh, everybody open, going by, passing, whatever. Cameras uh, everywhere. Huh? Cameras, Cameras everywhere. everywhere. It was. It was really one of the coolest things you could imagine. But I was like the mama of the group because I had a background. You know, a lot of people were very young. I wasn't as young as everybody there. So I ha and I had been in the business for a long time. So. You know, I think that Michael thought I could bring some of that to, uh, you know, to the to the to the game. And um, we were, as, as Art and I have discussed, it was basically clips because it didn't um, no it didn't budget. cost a lot of money to use clips. So yeah. every show had clips in it so we didn't have to pay for for it. And then eventually that, that didn't uh, you know, that's how we got short attention span theater because we would only show what three minutes part of, of clips and right, right. Uh, yeah, but and then hate. you, you helped us get into long form programming with women allowed. That was like, yes, a well, that was women allowed was the first, but wasn't women allowed on comedy central. Yeah. So when the, here was the great story, Michael calls me up and he says to me, listen, you know, it's not going to last. Uh, you've been here about two, three months. We're going to merge. And neither you nor the head of Ha can be the head of the new entity. I said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so um, I was bummed, needless to say. And I had hundreds of people working at dance at uh, 23rd Street. And I, I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? All these people, you know, what are we going to do? I don't know where I came up with this, but I called Michael back and I said, look, I have an idea. He said, what? I said, let's take all the shows. And there was, a, there was a, a list of them, like, you know, a long list. And let's produce them for the new entity. Perfect. Let's become the production company. And so they're no longer on the Comedy Channel. They'll be on Comedy Central, but we'll be the production company. And he said, well, 
well, that's not a bad idea. What do you want to call it? Like I could think of it at that moment. And I thought, oh my God, we're downtown. How about HBO Downtown Productions? And he said, I like that idea. So we literally very quickly flipped it and suddenly became a production company. I became head of a production company. So it was, I was a studio. Now, I mean, it felt like a studio yeah. too, because was, you guys were churning studio. out night after night with Alan Havey, short attention yeah. space theater with John Stewart. I, I believe um, there were, there were some other shows too that were coming. Yeah, I mean, monster? Was, were you still doing with us, sports monster, um, sports monster, sports monster. Sports monster, which was my favorite show went with us. Um, and uh, Bridget was so supportive of it. Bridget Potter, uh, Michael was supportive of it, but I knew I had to get some programming sold to, to Comedy Central. Right. Now, there was a little bit of a you know weirdness attached to all that because I had been running a channel, but I had this thought that I really wanted to do a show with, number one, I wanted to do with Mo Gaffney because I loved her. And I thought, I sat with the, with the team of what they call suits, but meanwhile, we were all in jeans which was Nina Rosenstein and John Fisher. Uh, those were my two uh, um, people. And I said, I have, a, I have an idea for a show. Let's do a show called Women Aloud where we can use stand-up, but we'll also make it round table. A-L-O-U-D, just so that we're Aloud, yes. A-L-O-U-D. And it got written up in the New York Times, that new section that came out right away, and I forget the section, but it was like a, a section that had never been part of the New York Times and they had it on the front section and suddenly we were legit and not that anybody a lot of people could see it as we've you know we all know that it was not that easy to find the channel but Women Aloud made noise and it was fun Karen Glass produced it I was the executive producer uh, we used all these wonderful comedians m women mostly right. women and then we would have like Geraldine Ferrara as a guest. And then we would talk about the issue. Like, let's say we were talking, not that it's a funny issue, but let's say we were talking about breast cancer, which was very big then. We would have a comedian come on and talk about that and try to be funny about it. But then we would sit down and we would have a really serious talk about it. So it was a combination, if you will, of a stand-up show and The View. It was that kind of fun show years years before those you know the view or the talk yes. existed yes. i just gotta yes. be very clear here which and we I did develop too but we couldn't do it because barbara walters walked in with it so it was so successful that i thought let's do a, a male version of it so i called brad gray and i said brad i have an idea for bill maher because i had represent been one of the the agents and he said what is it and i said well it's based on the show Women Aloud that we're doing. Let me send you a copy of it. I want to call it Men Aloud. So I sent it to Brad and Brad calls me and says, look, this is a nice show. Of course, somebody had seen it. He said, this is a nice show. He said, but Bill has a better idea and I think you would like it. And I said, what's it called? And he said, politically incorrect. I said, I love it. <laughs> I said, I'm buying it sight unseen. Blue oh. Bill to New York. He comes in. Bridget's in the meeting. Um... We sit down, we talk about it. There was no question in my mind I wanted to do it. And um, we said, let's go sell this to, to, to Comedy Central. Well, Bill and I go up to Comedy Central. Bill had a book, I can't see, nobody's seeing it, but it was the size of a gigantic phone book of all the ideas he wanted to talk about in a round table situation and as You've been heard it was kind of like McLaughlin on acid. Right. You know, it was that kind of crazy uh, uh, roundtable show. 
So we go up to Comedy Central and I think, I don't know if I'm right or not. Art, am I right that Bob Creek was there then or no? Yes. Yep. Bob Creek was, this is 1992. Bob Creek and Mitch Simmel. Yeah, Bob Creek and, was and there. And Mitch, Simmel, Mitch Simmel had just started. Yes. And and Lori was in the meeting too, Lori Sykes. Yeah. And not Lori Sykes, Lori. Lori uh, Zacks. Lori Zacks was in the meeting. Yeah. Okay. Bill drives in New York, forgets the book. Uh, so now we're on our way up to Comedy Central and I don't know how we're going to pitch it because we don't have what he had in the book to show uh, what the show would be. So we start pitching it and Bob Creek looks like I have 12 heads and, and Bill is saying, well, you know, he's not saying very much because he's not used to this. And I said, well, you know, it's going to be like um, McLaughlin on acid, which nobody got. And, you know, it's a very table <laughs> show and Bill will be the host. And we don't know if we want to shoot it in a bar or if we'll shoot it in a restaurant. And nobody is buying into this. Nobody's buying into this. So I said, listen, guys. I, I was notably absent. They didn't even know Bill Maher that well. Wait, wait, Art, say that again. I was notably absent from that meeting. No, weren't you? Weren't you in the meeting? I don't know. I met Bill Maher for the first time in L.A. And that's the but story. But I'll tell I you why him. you yeah. met him in L.A. Okay, okay. okay. So now we, we have this meeting. We leave there and our heads are hanging low because nobody understood what we were talking about. So I call Michael and I start to tell Michael because, you know, HBO was so involved in Comedy Central. And I tell him the story and he goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I said, oh, fuck me. So what I did, <laughs> what I did was I said, let me do this. I will hire Bill to do. And I told this to Bob Creek to host the election thing with Will Durst so that I could get a piece of tape on him hosting. Because right. everybody said, where does he come off to hosting? He's a stand up comic. OK, then I took his stand up comedy show from HBO, which was like a one night stand. Right. And I put those together, okay, on a reel. And I gave it to Bob Creek. And I said, here's what Bill Maher is capable of doing. So he said, well, it's interesting. Let's do, we'll do one episode. So then it became, okay, Bill said, I, you know, who's going to produce it? And I said, well, you and I will produce it, but we need, we need to bring in somebody who will actually, you know, line produce it. So I introduced him and this was an idea actually Nina and I had, let's bring in a news producer because then it would be smarter, a smarter show. And Bill wanted to do a lot of politics, even though it had to be evergreen. He wanted to talk about smart things. And um, so he met with a guy, I don't remember his name actually, he had been an ABC producer. And then we said, we'd like you to meet Scott Carter, who is part of the family here. But I didn't want to push Scott down his throat because I wanted him to choose. So he meets with Scott and they like each other very, very much. And he walks into my office and says, they're both great. You pick it. I said, well, to be honest with you, um, my money's on Scott Carter. And he said, let's do it. So Scott became and Scott wanted it badly. And so Scott became the producer of it. And I needn't tell you, as you know, from talking to him. He is truly was one of the great producers. Absolutely. Uh, it's a very, very, very hard show to do for the reason that you pick a, a subject. And of course, you know, uh, let, let's say and we did we did do evergreen shows. But the first show we did, I mean, you know, we would we would break for commercials. Scott would run in, tell Bill he should say this, this, this and this. Then he would run over to Lisa. Uh, it was uh, Curtis Lee who was on that first one. Uh, when he would run to Jerry or he'd run to that one and say, okay, now you got to say this. Cause if you don't have a confrontation, you don't have a show. Right. So that became very difficult. 
Um, but we worked it out. And the first show, Bill walks over to me and he says, am I wrong or is this not the show? We used my desk, no, my round table, my chair and the chairs in my office as the set over in the sports studio, which was the size of a bathroom. It's where they did Inside NFL. And we shot it there with an audience of maybe 10. Because that's all you could fit in there. Right. So I take the tape. I send it up to Fuchs because I need Fuchs to help me push this through. And um, Bill says, I think this is the show. And I said, I do too. I get a call. And you guys don't remember Marav, but Bill's um, Michael Fuchs' assistant. Remember Marav? She's a co-star in my book. She's in, like she's in so many scenes. When I went to see Michael, well, if Nancy had read yes, the book, okay. she would have known so that. Was, was she the best? Which Nancy, Nancy, Michael is looking for you. And I thought, oh no, just the way she said it. So Michael gets on the phone. He says to me, Geller. I said yes. He said, let me ask you something. I just watched this show. Do you seriously, in your heart of hearts, do you seriously think this is a good show? And I said, you know, now my heart's pounding. Oh, God. I, I said, yes, I do think it's a good show. You think this show is a show that you go on Comedy Central and you're pushing and pushing these people. Do you seriously think this is a good show? I got to really know what your thinking is. And oh. I said, Michael, I, I, I think it's a great show. He said, really? I said, yes. He said, so do I. It's fucking great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You passed. I have to tell you, I was like I had half my bag packed and leaving. I, <laughs> That's a great story. A real Michael Fuchs, if you know Michael Fuchs. Yeah, believe oh, me, I know. So, wow. yes. So he was, uh, I said, thanks very much for doing this to me. Anyway, he says, but am I right? Are you pushing these people to buy 24 episodes? I said, Michael, you can't do one episode of this. You have to do 24 to let it unfold. And, you know, we have to see what works, what doesn't work. Well, you better know what the fuck you're doing because 24 is a lot of episodes. Anyway, the rest of the 24 becomes history, even though we had to do some funny bits because it was a um, an evergreen show. With, we had to shoot, you know, you couldn't be topical. Because you and were that, shooting it well before it aired. It wasn't like yes, it later yeah, became. that was a bummer. And then, but it gave you the luxury, though, of of changing the order of what debuted first, right? So my understanding not is not really. I know, I know, Scott, but that, no, it really didn't because when you're doing evergreen, let's say you're just talking about any subject, if it's evergreen, you could put it on at any time, and that was the point of it. I guess because of the guests, it was it, we were able to stack the decks a little because some of the guests, because it was a, it was the first time we had real celebrities. Yeah. On the, well, the yes, show. yes. On well, I, used, I used my connections. Sure. Uh, Bill used his connections. We used our friends and asked them as favors to do it. It was all favor driven. I mean, I remember calling people and said, would you do me a favor? You know, would you do do this show and then try to explain it to them? Um, it was just a wonderful, wonderful show. We did those. Bill really, really was itchy, though, about being in New York. He didn't like it. He was living in a hotel, as you've heard. Um, he didn't care. He said, you know, I don't care if we do the show. We don't do the show. I don't want to live here anymore. He was he was not happy about it. And um, I was now pushing for 90 episodes. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> I, I'm now pushing for 90 episodes. And long story short, because it goes on and on and on and on and on. I got the episodes. Um 
And we started to, uh, to continue on. And then we made a move to New York. And the thing that blew my mind. To L.A. you mean? To, to L.A.? You made a move to, to LA, L.A., not New York. But, uh, L.A., excuse me. So that's, that's a couple LA. years into it, though, wasn't yes. it? I mean, that was, yes. that was, yes. the show had been established at that point. Yes, but not, not to the degree. Oh, no, not of to course the degree. not. But... but yes, it had been established and we were doing it. And it was, you know, I wanted a live show uh, because I was known for live TV it was still basically an evergreen show. Um, and the, the thing that blew my mind when we were making the decision to, he, he would only do it if we went to LA, is that every person that I can remember associated with the show moved with him. Yeah, that's right. Which is an unbelievable wow. thing. Yeah, okay. No Pat Whitney, the writers, Scott, uh, everybody went. And that is really a, a tribute to Bill because it was, it was, you know, people picking up their lives and moving. And Bill had an office next to me in New York. Uh, you know, he was, we were now going to be in a studio and, uh, and it was great. It was great. And I can't remember whether we shot in CBS New York first. I think we did. We moved it to CBS New York and then we went to CBS in LA. Television city. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, it felt exactly the same because it was the same show. Um, and, uh, you know, it became more and more and more famous and uh, more and more people, especially when you got to L.A., you could get guests. It was harder in New York. And that was the real reason I thought it should go to L.A. because who's in New York? You know, you would, we, would, we had a lot of writers, a lot of authors, but we didn't have a lot of celebrities. And we always wanted to have one comic on. Do you remember that, Art? Yeah. That, we always wanted the one comic. And so that was the biggest commitment that Comedy Central, for that matter, Comedy Channel, had made to any show, any series, any anything at the time. Yes. I tell the story in my book about when I first met Bill. It was after that meeting. Well, that this is I have to tell the story okay. because this is it. They kept Listen, turning if it's not exactly down. like the story I told, I'm in big trouble. But go ahead. No, it's the exact story. <laughs> we are. Bill Maher is now disgusted. How many times we pitched the show and nobody wanted to buy it? And they kept saying, pitch it again. Could you pitch it again to us? And at one point, Bill said, I'm done. I'm not going to keep pitching this. And I said, listen, do me a favor. Just go out. Go out. To the, 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 you're going to go out there to the TCA. I think it was the TCA. It was it, yeah, Art Bell. Yeah, yeah. Art Bell. And you were with Mitch? Yeah, Mitch had just started. Art right. and Mitch, you're going to go for, have lunch with them. And pitch the show to them one more time and i think you were in a car with them am i right oh my gosh yes this is exactly the story i told it's breakfast okay. but it's exactly the story i told yes. you gotta read it go ahead i i know i'm sorry i never should have done this without reading it first but i <laughs> I, I apologize but i'll explain it to you at some point i have no vision um <laughs> our, we'll get you the our, book on tape and he called me up afterwards and he said, I'm, the three of us are squished into this car. No, it no, I was squished into the car. <laughs> the other guys had seats. I was oh. in the back. Was it Bill's car? Yeah, it was that little yeah, tiny Bill's car. Little convertible car, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he calls me up afterwards. And he said, this is the last time, but I think I did it. <laughs> okay. Not only did he think he did it, but Mitch and I both said at the breakfast, we're buying the show. And he went to the bathroom and Mitch and I said, how are we going to do the show? We got no money. And we, we said, we'll figure it out. That was the whole thing. Yeah. But he yeah. the show in such a terrific way. And, and I thought, 
you know, I thought this is going to be the greatest show we've ever had. It's going to be terrific. And Mitch, Mitch said, well, everybody wants to hear, you know, make sure you are on board. I said, on board. This is great. So nobody, that, that was it the was story. crazy that nobody could, only you are, no, nobody kind of got it. <laughs> it was so crazy. This, he said, this is the last time I'm pitching it. We pitched it at least four or five times. I tried to get people to understand what it would be. And it wasn't until he sat and I and he went out there and I said, please, just uh, he was already in L.A. I said, just go meet these guys. You got to I'm going to drive down. What was it, San Diego or uh, yeah, no, right. Pasadena? It was it was not that far south, but it was outside of L.A. South somewhere. Pasadena. Yeah, it was where the, no, no, Pasadena. no. It wasn't Pasadena. Somewhere with, south. Wherever the PCA yeah. was. Yeah, right. Yeah. He said, I'll drive down there and I'll have breakfast with them and I'll go through this again. It's the last time. And there you have it. Wow. And here we are decades later, happen. a version yeah. of that show is still airing. You said yes. Yeah. Great. Yes. So, Good Nancy, moment. so Nancy, when, when then it eventually went to ABC and it left Comedy Central, right? Was that the end of, 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 you were still working for HBO, but were you done with Comedy Central in your career? No, no, point? no. I was, I was head of HBO downtown productions. So, but, but the shows I that you were. I worked at Comedy Central. I was the executive producer. Right. But I'm just saying, was that the show. end of your, of shows that you were selling to Comedy Central? No, no. We, well, we sold. A, um, you did Exit 57, I think. Exit 57 might have been near the end. Exit 57 became the next show, I believe. And we were also making shows. I had two jobs. I was very lucky. Michael gave me Betty Bitterman's job art. Remember her? Yeah, sure. He did the specials and the late night and everything. Michael called me into his office and he said, do you know anything about the music business? I said, no. He said, well, you better learn it because I'm giving you a job. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was overseeing music, overseeing comedy events, and I could continue to oversee HBO downtown. So I talked to Bill about it because now I was no longer going to be um, really, even though I stayed with the title for a while, executive producer of real of um, pol of politically incorrect, uh, and I had another job, and I had to clear that with Bill because I wasn't going to be as available anymore. But we, it, that for sure remained my show. There was no right. question about it. So then HBO Downtown produced a few things for what we did when when we were doing politically incorrect, and it became election time. I had this thought that I because I wanted to do something with Chris Rock. And I wanted Chris to do, be our roving reporter on, on uh, the, I wanted him to be the roving reporter on the election. Uh, and he would go out with the mic and he would talk to people. I didn't think I'd get him, but I talked to him about it. And he said, love to do it. Because he, he thought it was a great idea. Best show, he says to me today best job I ever had. Now he was just, just to put it in perspective, this is not the Chris Rock we know now. This is you seeing no. something in him. He had done, I think a, a year on Saturday Night Live, but nothing came That's of it. It, it was it. just, it was, and, yeah. and just to, to give it some context here, Art and I, had created with some other executives the whole concept of the State of the Union yes, yes, decision, yes. which which kind of, and then it was great because that first year was Al Franken, the first time we did it, and then yeah, four years awesome. later, and then election year, that same year, Bill Maher did the show you produced where you were trying to show us how good he could be. Remember Bill Maher and Will Durst? That was, that was one of the shows you did around that time. Well, earlier, it was earlier, I think, Maybe earlier. It was after the, the, the it was after the Billy Kimball thing, but in that same yeah. time period. And then 
this became a franchise and we pretty much gave the keys to you. But it was the Nancy. franchise more for Comedy Central. Than yeah, but 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 you guys then took the ball because now it wasn't Al Franken anymore. Right. It was right. under the umbrella of Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect, Absolutely. which was yeah. going to be like a supersized version right. of his show. And that's where you, brilliant idea to slot in Chris Rock there. And I remember it was Ooh, an explosion. Know. Who would have known? And he had a ball doing it. He'd be. We went to San Diego for the convention, and he's running around San Diego, and he's interviewing people. He had the time of his life. So now you fast forward a little bit, and Chris Rock knocks on my door, and it goes, "Nance, Isabel, that's me." Is that Chris, or he sounds like a dog? (laughs) It's my. That was excellent comic time. Quiet, 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 quiet. Isabel, it's my Isabel. I'm sorry. Quiet. Isabel um, has a very deep voice. Yes, she does. Uh, Chris says to me, I want to do a show for HBO. And, you know, I already had done, what, three stand-ups with him. And I said, well, a series? And he said, yes. I said, I'm on board. What do you want to do? He says, well, kind of like what Bill's doing. And now I feel the sinking feeling going into my stomach, oh. you know? Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, I mean, Bill Mars don't grow on trees, you know? So uh, I thought, oh, my God, what is this show going to be? So uh, Chris said, well, we'll do it in a barber shop and we'll have a round table. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so again, a long story short, we shoot a pilot. It was um, it, it was an interesting show. We had not really found the space for it where Chris would do um he would interview somebody. Let's say uh, we had Johnny. Um, who was that lawyer? OJ's lawyer. Johnny Cochran. Uh, Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran on. He would interview him, and then we would do. We would use a lot of the writers, Wanda Sykes, Ali Leroy. I mean, great writers, uh, Jeff Stilson, and we would start doing bits. So now it was a little sketchy, which for me, of course, was wonderful because I wanted to do a sketch show for HBO. They didn't want to do one, but I felt like, you know, bring back my SCTV days. Yeah. Well, so, and, and Chris liked to do characters and he wanted to go out onto the street. So it was a mishmash of stuff, but it was successful. It was great. He was great. Everybody on the show was great. Um, it was the highlight of my life. Um, I, I had the best wow. time. We shot it. Friday nights, remember this art around seven o'clock and then it would go on. Were you gone from there yet? I don't know if you were. I, was, I might have been there. gone from there. You might be. And then no, I think we on. were there, but we just weren't. We, we were, yeah, we were down in purgatory together. Yeah. <laughs> we were working on a new thing called the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he, um, he would go on at 11 o'clock at night, but we didn't do it live live. Where we did you it. tape the show? We taped it. Um, Several different places. One was CBS over where I think John Stewart is now. So you were in New York. Uh, it was we in were in New York. York. It was always in New York. So but at that point, you took a sabbatical around. or you were just like a little bit more distance from Bill Marshall, right? You, you were overseeing it, but it was. Yes, I, I was overseeing it, but Scott was running it. Yeah, and you were running a studio. I mean, you know, so when you're running a studio and you're producing as well, it gets complicated. Yeah, well, the only thing is Bill is, is it, you know, Bill is a lot to handle. Um, and uh, I didn't, Scott is so brilliant in actually physically producing that show. Mm-hmm. He was so fantastic at it. But somebody, and it's it's me who did this in every job I had, managed Bill. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Including the, the, the fighting 
and uh, the fighting with know, with you Bill. or with other. Oh. Well, you know, the the problem is, even though I worked for the network, I was Bill's right hand. He was my partner. We were original producers together. Right. You know, we were we were partners. It was just him and I. So it remained him and I. But I had a responsibility to the network, too. I had two jobs, ran HBO downtown, ran the late night at HBO. And but more involved with every talent that I was involved and you had live with. specials and you were doing these concerts, doing Paul Simon at Central Park, Robin Williams, yeah. you know, oh and that God. could that could put like a pause in your schedule for like a month as you're prepping. I went out once a month. I yeah. went out to California once a month for Bill. Uh, once we moved to, to L.A. But the move to uh, ABC was was an interesting move because I knew Pat Philly, who was running ABC at the time. Brad Gray and and Mark Gervitz had had a discussion about Bill Maher going to ABC because they wanted a late night show. I remember Chris Albrecht saying to uh, Brad Gray, OK, if it goes, we're producing it, meaning HBO downtown. HBO is going to continue. You know, don't forget, he had HBO independent productions. Right. So he was kind of in the same business as me. So we um, we made the deal. Um, it became very complicated because even though I was in charge of the show for HBO and you did have, okay, some standards and practices, which I was used to at NBC because I had Saturday Night Live. So that was a bit of a nightmare. But you did have standards and practices at ABC. You did have people who you just could not say anything. Uh, we had a lot of notes. There was that wonderful girl whose name. And you were you were live live at that point on ABC. We were live live at that so point. So standards and practices. Did they have a delay? On they, they were sitting on top of me. In the, yeah. in, in, and in, it's in not the, just language; it's legal things too. It's, well, there was always legal. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, there's slander and a lot of things you could say, uh, opinions that you might have that can get. A lawsuit file. Well, you can do that at HBO too. We were constantly yeah. You had to worry having, about that, right? We were constantly having problems, and it's no fun to go to Bill and say you can't say something. Mm -hmm. um, even though I believe in the First Amendment, I believed in the show. People were very nervous about the show because it was very politically incorrect, and I stood by it. and And I think it was Scott, maybe who mentioned to you, we were always getting canceled. We always mm -hmm. thought this was the last one. We always thought this is the last season. Short-term renewal. Because it, it, well, it was a very difficult show for everybody to wrap their arms around. We had a board at, at Time Warner. Uh, you had sponsors? You had sponsors at ABC? Well, no, we'll not at, about that. We, we didn't We didn't at HBO. But no, no, but at, at, at ABC, when you yeah, got there. That, I, I mean, it was difficult already, and now you have to worry about, you know, yeah. because if a sponsor is in the news in any way, it becomes fodder yeah. for conversation. It was it was a very um, it was a difficult show to do at ABC. And I forget that there was a wonderful girl there who was in charge of the show. But I knew Ted Harbour. I knew a lot of the guys there um, and they were rooting for the show. But I think they also were very nervous about the show. And of course, when Bill delivered the line after 9-11, we right. were instantly removed off the show. And I remember Chris Albrecht called me and he said, so are you sitting on the ledge? And I said, yes, I am. I'm out my window on the ledge. I was so devastated. Oh. And I said, Chris, we have to bring the show here. And he said, Nancy, the show's been on Comedy Central. It's been on ABC. Since when does HBO now pick up a show that's been around everywhere? It wasn't the HBO way, you know? 
it, it became the HBO way when, when I got Ali G and stuff like that. Suddenly that was from England. But up until then, you didn't buy shows from other places. So we had a big meeting about it and we decided we were going to do it. Bill wanted to do it, but Comedy Central wouldn't let us have the title. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. I yeah. did not hear this story. That's after yeah. we're gone. I mean, what, what year is this? Oh, yeah, 2001. So we're that's way beyond our tenure there. We couldn't have we couldn't have the title. So really, I mean, we had real sports. We had real sex. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to come up with real time. And we quickly did. And but we had to change the format. Now, the format was a round table. So instead of somebody being on Bill's, you know, right or left, it was like they would be across from him. That was the big change. Um, and uh, it, it was, you know, we, we shot it at CBS. So again, it felt like we didn't really make a big change because right. all the people were still there. This is it's a wonderful story. So uh, why, and, why, why did Comedy Central, what were they doing? Why were they They staying? weren't happy about it. Bill want listen, there was an opportunity. Did they want it back? After we got off, yeah. I don't I don't remember, but I, I wouldn't imagine that uh, they just, I don't they think just anybody want, wanted it. It was it was you know, now you can say things that you couldn't say then. You, you can talk about planes crashing into the building and uh, two days yeah. after it did, and it was, you know, we lost a guest that was gonna be on the show uh, to 9-11. She went down on oh. a plane from Washington. Uh, we were on every night on ABC, remember? It was yep. not a once a week show. It was every night. And so we kept a card with her name. And I forgot her name. She's a wonderful a journalist on her seat. I mean, it was a very emotional time. And uh, well, people don't remember, we Bill made a comment about uh, heroes and, and you know, yeah. equating terrorism, someone willing to risk their life with being a hero, I mean, he which was, me was an awkward way to make whatever the point he was trying to make. Um, I mean, in, in many ways, it's a true statement, but you can, it was the wrong yeah, timing. Yeah, it's timing. Uh, people did not understand what had just really happened. People were very sensitive. And, and I, but I'll tell you something. I was in the truck uh, at ABC in, in L.A. when he said it. Now, I didn't look at anybody, but I got a pit in my stomach. I said, mm -hmm. oh, that's not going to go over well. But stands and practices were in there. You know, they were That's right. They, it did air. It aired. Huh? It aired, right? That, what he said. Yeah. And uh, but nobody said anything. I mean, uh, compliances was in there, standards and practices. You know, you had the whole kit and caboodle of of a network in there. And it was someone what? wrote a story. And I think it might have been Newsday or maybe I don't think it was The Times about Bill Maher saying it. And then it became yeah. a big brouhaha. It wasn't a big brouhaha the minute he said it, but then it started making news, and then that was the end of Art, it. Art, I, um, I want to answer Art's question about why didn't they do anything at the time. You know, when you're, because I've been in the control room for, for with, with Letterman for 25 years, you know, the knee jerk, if you say a certain word and there's a delay, that's easy. You're listening for those words and you push the button. When someone is formulating a thought that's inherently not obscene other than it, it maybe offending people with the idea behind it. That's not a quick thing that you could bleep. You know, there's, he's saying, I didn't allow a delay. There was, there, so and, there and wasn't there was even no a delay. delay. That's why I asked that earlier. No delay. I didn't want a yeah. delay. You know, I mean, there were times when they would say to me, we're taking bill off the air. You know, we don't need it anymore. And I would make a, a scene that would be 
you have no idea. No, you're not taking it off. If we are not giving up this show, I will I, I will stab myself in front of you before I let you take off this show. Oh, I love I, it. That's, 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 I produ- love that's executive that producer. That is a network executive. That is, that's a producer. Is, that is amazing. You get the I award. I remember Bill giving me a goodbye present because he said, I know that we're getting canceled. Uh, and he was on Broadway at the time and he, he took out a bracelet. He's so generous and gave it to me. And he said, this is our goodbye present. I said, Bill, we're not going to be canceled. No, I've heard it already. Everybody told me. I said, I'm into it. Don't worry. I mean, I ended up losing my own job, to be honest with you, because I put myself constantly in a position of challenging. That's incredible. Did you, wait a second. Did you take the bracelet? Of course I do. It's okay. on eBay now. <laughs> hey, of course Nancy, I do. Nancy, I love everything you're saying because uh, I was uh, not nearly the version like you were with Bill and HBO, but I was that with, with Letterman. I had to deal. There was one situation with, with Letterman. I just want to share very quickly. So CBS had aired on Golden Pond, uh, a remake, a live remake. And during the live broadcast, the kid said shit, the word shit, I think. He said bullshit, something like that. On It was a Sunday night. I get the word from Letterman that he wanted to be able to say bullshit on the show that night. And the answer was no, right? He goes, well, how come they could say it in prime? Well, no. So I negotiated with standards. I couldn't believe that I was able to negotiate with standards. I made the argument, well, it's at 11, it's 1130. It's in that safe harbor. Remember, Nancy? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Safe harbor, which no, ever, yeah. no one ever really clinged to. They Technically, you could get away with stuff. Art, it was after 1130. Right. Anyway, long story short, uh, I, I said... I was able to get standards and I really should have checked with Leslie and I didn't. I just went with standards and they actually bought, they agreed with me. So Letterman at the taping is going, you know, what's interesting. Oh, but I said, you can only do it once. You can't do it more than once. He goes, I could show this clip. And he played the clip from our golden pond, which was uncensored because it was on CBS. The kid's saying shit. And then he's getting bleeped. Shit, bleeped, shit, bleeped. That's <laughs> all. Letterman, um, Leslie rightfully, rightfully was so upset with me because I didn't with see you? it coming. Yeah. They, they uh, were making a mockery of us, but that show was later nominated for an Emmy. So, so no technically... Yeah, it's, listen, it's tough pushing with, the with corporate people. I wasn't really a suit. Even though I had a job as a suit, I right. was, I was through all the, the uh, stand-up shows, through all the music shows, I became buddies with the talent. And I protected the talent, which is why I'm still in business. I'm still in business with Chris Rock because of how I took care of Chris Rock. I mean, we became very close. And I'll tell you a quick story is in 1997, when we were starting, I think we were starting a year after we were doing the Chris Rock show, uh, my boyfriend broke up with me and I was devastated and was crying on the set, which is very professional. And um, I, I, was, I was just hysterical. I didn't know what to do. So the next day was Valentine's Day. And I get these gorgeous flowers. And I thought, oh, my God, my boyfriend wants me back. And they were gigantic. And I open up the card and it says, oh, I love you, Chris. Oh, how sweet. Oh, Every so nice. fucking year since 1997, <laughs> I get the most gorgeous flowers in the world on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's so sweet. From Chris Rock. That is Does beautiful. Does it miss a can you imagine? I tell the story. I've told the story to a million reporters. I cannot and always writes in there. 
in fact, he even put out a DVD where he gives me credit for his career, which is bullshit because I don't deserve the credit for his career. But I, he is one of the most loyal, fabulous, extraordinary pieces of talent and a gentleman that you could ever want to meet. And I have, I, he hired me on his last stand-up show to work. And, but he thought, you know, it was for Netflix and he figured, okay, I'll manage Netflix. I had to explain to him, I don't work for Netflix. He didn't understand the dynamic. Oh, right, 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 that's right. <laughs> you know, well, you tell you tell Netflix, I'm not going to do that. I said, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't tell Netflix, they tell me. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was fun. But, you know, I became so close to, to all of them. And, you know, to this day, I mean, the SETV kids. I mean, I'm on the phone with them. I mean, they've got shits. Okay. We, yeah, we have to talk uh, about this. Creep, yeah. I, I want to go back before because I want to. I want to go to the to what I think was the beginning, and then spend a nice amount of time on SCTV. So when you were at NBC running late night and specials, versions of what pretty much you've done your entire career, uh, what cast was on Saturday Night Live at that point? Do you remember? Was yes. that? Of course I do, because Charlie Rocket. <laughs> do you remember Charlie Rocket? Oh my God! He says, "Who gives a fuck on yeah. live?" Yes, yeah, he said, died. "Fuck on live TV." Right at the end of the episode. At the end of the episode, I get a message from Fred Silverman, who says, "You call me the minute you get up to your office," and I go up to my office, and I'm again packing to leave, and I said, <laughs> "Hi, Fred," and he goes. I know I'm pretty shit faced, but unless I'm out of my fucking mind, did Charlie Rocket just say fuck on TV? <laughs> and I said, well, as a matter of fact, he went up on himself and he did. And he, Fred, you, do you remember Fred? Did you yeah, know sure. The, the, was Fred screaming. was the network head of uh, three different networks at one time. I, I, but he's a screamer. He was screaming at me. And I was young at that, at that point. Screaming. Gene Demanian was the producer. Um, Eddie was on. Eddie right. Was on it was other than Eddie. But that was a rough both. year. That cast yeah. was not very. It was like the well, dark it was years. Hard. Listen, yeah. Ebersole left. The cast was all new. Actually, it was a terrific cast. Um, you know, uh, Piscopo was great. Uh, it became a great cast. What What I think was hard was, Domanian. It was a different ball game than having, you know, the great Lauren Michaels. Uh, and and it was a hard switch for anybody to make. And I the the thing that happened was Lauren pitched Steve Martin live from 8H. And I called Brandon, who had been my ex-boyfriend. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm now working in NBC with him. And I told him, and he said, well, of course we want that. He said, but I'll tell you something, Nancy. I don't want him bringing on the cast of Saturday Night Live. I mean, we got to let this Saturday Night Live breathe. And I said, don't worry, it's not. It's a Steve Martin special. So we started and we're working on it. And I get a phone from Lauren, Mike, a call from Lauren Michaels. He says, listen, I just want Dan Aykroyd to be on it. <laughs> I think Dan and Steve, they want to do their thing and everything. So I call up Brandon and I said, listen, he wants to have it. I'm looking for the script because I actually have the script. And uh, I was working at NBC at the time. I just want to add, I was my first job working for WYNY Radio, which was on the second floor uh, where Howard Stern did his show. Yeah. And I remember going up to the ninth floor. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because I think the show was around Thanksgiving. And I don't want to ruin where you're going with the story, but I remember seeing the people that you're talking about rehearsing, including the one you haven't mentioned yet, 
because he died soon after. But go ahead, continue. That was uh, so. Yeah. Well, the whole need I tell you every day there was another phone call. Well, I'm just going to have, you know, Lorraine because Lorraine wants to do this bit. Now I see what's coming. And uh, you would think it's the greatest thing in the world that's happening. But all it was was Lauren, who could not take giving up Saturday Night Live, bringing back Saturday Night Live in primetime calling it Steve Martin live from 8 agent to have Steve Martin be the host, which of course is nothing but gold, but he brought the whole cast back <laughs> and, and it was a fantastic Including show. John Belushi. That's what, who I was alluding to. John Belushi dressed as a woman. Remember that so there was a skit. I, vaguely, I, I yeah. was so nervous. But I, I believe I, it was, it was incredible because yeah, you would have thought NBC art would have been excited to get the band back together again. We're getting all right. these people, yeah, but, it but was, I guess they wanted new... to, they didn't, it, it overshadowed what they were trying to rebuild. It overshadowed. And, and Brandon really said he did. wanted the show to breathe. Right. Well, so then I come up with a great idea that to this day I'm famous for, which is, I think we should get rid of the new Saturday Night Live and we should put on SCTV. And I think that everybody basically said, where are your bags? You should start packing them. <laughs> And I, I, I said, you know, nobody cares about this Saturday Night Live. Why don't we take this wonderful show, which was on at 1230. Which is, yeah, I have, to, I have to add this. SCTV, Art, I don't know if you remember this, and Nancy does, started out as a syndicated show, as an original yeah. syndicated yeah. show. Harold Ramis was behind it. It was a 30-minute show. It was, talk about Evergreen. It was truly Evergreen, parodying different kinds of television yeah, well, not tropes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then... Then it became SCTV 90. Then NBC took those old bits, half-hour shows, and re-edited them with some new stuff that became truly the SCTV network, right? With Guy Caballero. Yes, and, ran the network. So yeah. Nancy, we, we, had that, those, we had those on comedy. Eventually, we ran them all, the, the original right. ones. But Listen, they ended up on Max. Uh, I mean, you know, that was a show that couldn't find a real, really but, good. But Nancy, audience. what did you, so when did you go from NBC went from Late Night NBC, to SCTV to producing yeah, it was SCTV? Before HBO. I was working at NBC and I went from New York to LA to oversee and that's where Ludwin was and uh, um, Mitch was working there at the Mitch time. Mitch was there, whatever. And it, it, there was too many people doing the same job. I mean, Grant Tinker came in he wanted everybody who was working in New York to come to L.A. It was not a very comfortable situation for anybody. We had three people doing the same job. So I <clears throat> I knew the job was going to come to an end because I was the last one to come in. And uh, I got this call. It was um, Andrea Martin and John Candy's idea because I was very, very close to John Candy because I'd been an agent. And I knew them because I oversaw their show at NBC. So I knew them very well. Catherine O'Hara had parodied me. They came to uh, um, NBC and said, we would like Nancy to produce our show. It was their idea. Wow. And you wanted, I was laying in the bathtub. I was, I was thinking how depressed I am. What am I going to do with my life? And I get this phone call from Andrew Alexander, who was, you know, in charge of, he, well, he ran. Well, he owned the name he bought for a dollar from Chicago. Second city. Yeah, Well, he had second city. He had the, he had the whole thing. And he said, they want you to produce it. And that became the gift 
of gifts of gifts. I will never get over it. It's the best job it's, I've ever it's had. Truly is it, it's truly, it's it's a groundbreaking show. Remind us some of that season because they had several seasons. What were some of the things that happened under your? Well, watch? one of the things that was interesting was the day I arrived in Toronto. I was you know lonely. I mean, I'm a young girl. I'm in Toronto, and I the doorbell rings. I'm staying in the Manulife building. I open the doors. John Candy standing there with a pot the size of him with chicken soup and and all sorts of food brings it into my apartment to make me feel at home and the next day began the first day of 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 working on it i learned how to produce from them i couldn't produce them the only thing i did was i scheduled the day i wanted you know uh andrea martin on in the first thing in the morning and then i would want you know Catherine o'hara she had a good dusty uh, a Springfield thing. I'd want her on the yeah, and Eugene Levy, who I was so close to, uh, and you know, getting material out of these people was like pulling teeth. The writers' meetings were so torturous, and I'd say, guys, we have you know, pre-producing SCTV was a monster because you had the the makeup, the wardrobe, the sets. You can't hand me material. You can't hand me material the night before. So it was. It was it was a it was a real challenge, and they they would like you know they'd sit in the writers' meeting and throw around ideas and you know okay well okay we'll do this one and we'll do that one but then the paperwork wouldn't come in in time now we got to get the makeup people were working <laughs> and the hair you remember the hair and, and and I, sure I remember dancers too you had the jewel jewel everything was it name? was the most extraordinarily difficult situation and the guy who lined who had to do all that was wonderful. He was uh, Jason. I can't remember his last name to get that show up and running with, with everything that they needed to do. But of course I had to be removed off the set when Andrea Martin did Edith Prickly from the Bass. Was that you? I, was, was she doing who, which character was based on you? Was it Catherine O'Hara? Or Catherine O'Hara did me actually. She did a, a parody of me and, uh, Peter Calabrese, we were working at NBC at, at the time. They both did me. Okay. Uh, uh, and so did Tracy Ullman. All three of them did me at different times. So, so Edith Prickly. None of it is, is complimentary, by the way. No, stop After it. What Catherine was just the fact that they did it, though? This big of curly hair. Yeah, sure. Nails out to here, long, long, long nails, attempts to do my New York accent. And of course, she was one of my best friends. Uh, and uh, Andrea Martin did me with Cagney and Lacey, and she did. She played me as Lacey or something like oh, that. So, what did Edith Prickly do that you had to leave the set? You said she you- was doing. Do you remember the character Edith Prickly? Sure, absolutely. Okay, she was doing Edith Prickly from the Bass. Oh my God, I remember. Okay, that. so she's yeah. in the leopard in the leopard towel. Yes, in the Bass with all the the gay guys. Okay, I started to laugh so hard. <laughs> that they asked me to leave the set. <laughs> I can't help it. I was screaming. Oh, Nancy, how much fun I was is that? Screaming. It was, and and then we we I constantly was being asked to leave the set because I couldn't stop laughing. You have never been around. A it it, I, I, it is in your life. an amazing show, and I really, really implore our listeners friends. to go find these old episodes. Yeah. I, you know what? Oh, I, I, they are. They I'm going to go were. rewatch them. At no, this I, point I, I have the. D, they're on DVD. Listen, I. You know what? I want to. I want to ask you one question that I've been wondering about for a long time. You made most of your career in comedy. Was that by design? Did you have some affinity for comedy? Did you have comedy influence? Growing up. 
Did you want well, to, did I, you grow I think up with this stuff? I became well, it wasn't, it wasn't. I did do I did do a couple of movies a week that weren't funny, but uh, you know, I think that my talent as an agent uh was when when Chris Albrecht left ICM and went to HBO, Rollins Joffe, remember them? Legendary, Joffe, yes. Woody Rollins. Allen, Robin yeah, Woody Williams. Woody Allen, whatever. Yeah. They put me at ICM to oversee their clients. Oh. They had everybody. Yep. They had Billy. They had Robin. They had, you know. Uh, I think they had Robert Klein, I think. Robert Klein. They, everybody I did concerts with. They had all those people. So I naturally fell into um, being involved with comedians. And I think that when I was at NBC, because I had Saturday Night Live and I had um, uh, Tom Snyder uh, and we were always putting music on Tom Snyder, that became the new thing that I wanted to do to maybe get a younger audience. I fell into the music world. Well, you had on Tom Snyder, man. You had the jam. You had the clash. It was insane what you were doing there. It was you were giving you were giving a platform uh, to bands that even MTV wasn't given that much time with. Well, we had a college audience love Tom Snyder. Nobody else. He was one of a kind. Truly one one of a kind. kind, But we found out through research, and when I found out that we had um, uh, college kids watching it, I said we got to put music on, and we did. Yeah, he started you, putting music you, on. You're, you're, and that really made it right. go even. Now, I did let him go uh, and, uh, you know, interview Amwas Sadat. And I got in trouble with the news division who said, we're going to fire Nancy. I was always getting fired. Oh, my God. I, I, fire I, wait, wait, I think I'm picturing you in a new way. You have a go bag somewhere. You're packed at all times. At all times. Any day you were about to be fired there and you had no to leave. question. I always had a bag <laughs> that's, ready to go. But that's, was, that's, I, that's a great legacy. You took all the chances. You did all the, you know, blocking and tackling for the talent. Well, but if you don't, who's going to do it? No, you're right. You know, you remind me of Broadway Danny Rose. I mean, that, you must have <laughs> loved that movie, right? How great was was. Well, Danny Broadway Rose. Danny Rose was like a love letter to Jack and Charlie. Yeah, love letter. Yeah. Well, that was based on the Harry Belafonte, you know, dropping uh, Jack Rollins after he became yeah. famous. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, uh, we are definitely going to have you, you back. Promise? I promise. Oh, well, sure. first of all, well, we so much fun. On, on, a, on a personal, yes, on a personal level, you'll be seeing and hearing from us a lot more often oh, than you I have. Hope so. Okay. I we, listen, we, Art. I take a big apology for not having read your book, and I'm no, 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 don't worry about it. No, I've got Wait it. for the I'm audio ready. book. Wait for, the, wait for the movie. I hear Did there's a movie. you do the audio version? I'm doing I the love audio. your voice. There might be a movie. Oh, thanks. There might be a movie oh, too. Uh, there will be a movie. Of course there'll be a movie. I'm Vin, going Vinny, to do the Vinny audio Favali's version. playing himself. I'll play myself. Nancy, you and me, we'll be ourselves. Art was considered, I have to tell you, you, you a big wig when I joined. Oh, he was yeah. a big wig. Yeah. But he doesn't wear a wig, which is interesting. Art Bell was Art Bell. Oh, yeah, I love right. it. Then he went to Core TV. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I amazing. Thought, oh, huh? my God. Move to strike your honor. crazy. I had Nancy, my back. Nancy and Art, um, I think this was an incredible. Art, what do you think of Nancy? How much do you love her? <laughs> Let's talk about Nancy in front of her. Oh, yeah. Who didn't read my book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learned Listen, so much from Nancy. I had a lie to Nancy. Jerry the other day, too. He said, what did you think of the book? I said, whoa, it's so fabulous. I can't believe how fabulous it is. It's wonderful. <laughs> Listen, there's somebody at my doorbell. 
Uh, I love it. Yeah, don't get me started about this book that I haven't read, please. Because if you get me started, I'll never stop. So let's talk about something else. Because that book was just, I can't, I can't. Nancy. Oh, I have so many, I have so many stories. We'll get Nancy, I'm interviewing with you. Jim Miller. Do you know who he is? Jim Miller? He's writing a book on HBO. Oh, yes, yes. I've heard this. Jim yes. Miller. Wait a second. Yeah, I know. He's, he wrote the SNL book. He wrote right. the CAA book. Oh, I love those books. Like an oral history. Uh, so we had one interview together about a year ago. I now talk to him every three days. Oh, that's well, funny. that's going to be the he, same with us. But that's what he says. He says, I got to talk to you again. I said, call me. But right now I've given you my whole book already. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Nancy, I will send you a transcript of all of this too. So you have oh, it please, your I'm records. so mortified. Yeah, all you can use it to write your book. Art Bell's book should be read, even though you mentioned a few times, what was that byline? That, uh, oh, how I started Comedy Central and lost my sense of humor. lost my sense of humor. Yeah. You never lost your sense of humor, no, honey. I know. I was, you I started know. it. And I want you to, you know, you said something in an email to me last night, but you got, no, no, no. It closed when I joined. Let's be very <laughs> frank. It shut down. You started it. It was, it financially, it could have been a different setup. You started what really Michael wanted. And he wanted that where a place to discover new shows, new talent. Yep. And you started that because they weren't going to go right on to HBO. Right. And that was the place where like, John Stewart started there. John Stewart. He started. did SAT, He did you know, show attention span theater. I mean, you had Mark Maron. Had, huh? Mark, Mark Maron started there. Yep. Mark Maron hosted right. short attention span theater. All these people. That that you brought in. I mean, really. I mean, even on on on, uh, you know, bringing in Exit Fifty Seven, Steve Colbert. <laughs> yep. Well, it was a team. You know, it was a team effort. You know, Art Art. You know, helped build the foundation. I was with him. I helped. I did whatever you part did. I had. You did. And then, but then, 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 you guys were the plumbing. You were the electricity. You know, we started the framework. We did the blueprint, but you brought it to life. And that was the idea. Yeah, but it, did. it. I didn't really. It. They merged it. They well, merged it. They should yeah, have left it alone. It went on from there. It went on from there. And you but put, it did go on. Look, it's celebrating 30 years. Yeah. They're yes, not celebrating it this I month. Know, I know. And it's, it's amazing. It's because of you guys. There's no yeah. question about it. You had the vision for it. They kept hiring, you know, Bob Creek or, or uh, Doug <laughs> Herzog. And, you know, then Doug Doug left and somebody else came in. But you guys had the vision for it. There's no yeah. question about it. You well, had you're, being, oh, they were in program. You're being very you generous. But yes. honestly... Uh, it was a team effort on all of us. Boy, are we done patting each other's? Well, I have to go read a book. We can do right this now. all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this all day. No, you're great. No, you're great. No, Nancy, you're no, you're great. we love you're great. you. And, and my, my deepest apologies for not having read this oh, book. But oh, next stop. time you talk to me, I'm Nancy, I read it. it. The book's not that great. No, it is well, great because <laughs> I, I read every review of it. Listen to uh, me, Nancy. Uh, I'm hoping we actually will work together on something. So wouldn't that be nice? Yes, it would be, and it could be. So uh, we'll keep the lines open. Art, right, you haven't aged. And oh, Vinny, you look like a five-year-old. <laughs> Vinny, Jesus. Vinny's like. The... I remember running into Vinny right before. I think it was the Stones concert. Wasn't yeah, it? we were. Yeah, you there were was standing something... outside with Mitch. That's right. That's right. You were, and didn't I take care of you? I hope bring you right in. No, yes. you, uh... you whisked. No, when you're with Nancy, Art, you do get whisked. <laughs> Yeah, in, I know that. Like I that. Know that. All right, I'll let Nancy, you guys love go. you. We will love be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks and for this. Guys. Thanks so thank much for guys. being here. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Be in touch, Nancy. Art, that was everything I hoped it would be, and even more. Wow. Yeah, and and you know what? I forgot how funny Nancy is. <laughs> 
I forgot how funny Nancy Geller is. She made me laugh all the time in the old days. And today was no exception. Yeah, it's no surprise that the talent that she represented, uh, and it's pretty significant, uh, loves her the way they do and the way we do. And that Chris Rock story really... Oh, you mean where he was giving her flowers every year? Well, yeah, just because, yeah, as, so as, as an ongoing thing. Well, because she was she was uh, a big part of their of their careers, and she's very nurturing. It was it was so great to see her, um, and I, you know, and I'm I hope we could work with her again. Now I want to work. Now I want art. Would it kill you to come up with an idea for another network that that would involve Nancy Geller and Vinnie Favalli and Laurie Zacks working together again? You know, Einstein said he had one or two good ideas in his life. I, I Maybe I had one. I don't think I can get to two. But anyway, you know, I, I, I got to say one other thing about talking to, to Nancy today. When she was telling that story about Bill Maher, you know, when she started about yeah, how yeah, the yeah. Maher politically incorrect came, got, got on our air. Right. The first thing I thought, I think I said this was, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't contradict the story I told in my memoir. I, know, I, know. I did not do any research for that thing. As you know, it was right. all from my memory. So... And then she told the whole, started telling the story. I said, oh my gosh, I'm not in the story. She goes, no, no, you're in the story. Yes. And she said, and and when she got to the part where she said, you got one more guy to see, you got to see Art Bell. And Bill said, oh, come on already. And she said, no, see Art Bell. This is it. And that was, that was, and that's, yeah. that's, that's her in a nutshell. You know, that's what yeah. a matchmaker does. That's what, with, with, with a good executive slash agent slash producer does. And I, I love her honesty where like, she's a, She's opens the book. You're a great story about Alan King. She's on the first page of the book. And we're like, Nancy, how great is that? She goes, oh, I haven't read the book yet. <laughs> I love that. That is so, that great. so great. So, so great. You should make her, you should read it to her. Uh, make the book on tape just for her. That sounds like a good Who's idea. Who's doing the book on tape for your book? What's going on uh, with that? You're listening to him. You're, you're going to do it? I'm going to read it myself. What do you think now, about that? that I, no, I think it's great. But like when you get to the part with me in the book, can I play myself? Or are you going to do all the voices? How's that work? You don't really have cameos on the <laughs> in audio books. I hey, wanna, maybe you do. Maybe yeah, you do. But. Yeah, well, maybe you should break the format. I mean, the, we're all alive. Let's just get some of these people in there. Well, I'm either going to have to have you on it or I'm going to have to do a Vinnie Favalli impression, which well, you, I am working on. You could do it. I you do it Eddie Gordetsky. So I think you could <laughs> well, do it. It's a lot easier. Anyway, I can't do Nancy Geller. I, I'm really worried about doing she Nancy one of Geller because she's so one of a kind. I think I got her, her her dialogue down, but I can't do an impression of her. Yeah, it was so good to see her and hear yep. her voice. And yep. uh, I can't wait for this COVID thing to get to the point where I could go see her and hug her without killing her. That'll be fun. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. All right, that's another week of the constant comedy. Boy, we weren't kidding. This it's constant. We're constantly doing this podcast. Yeah, really. Wow. It's uh, our job. This is Vinny Favali and Art Bell signing off. We will not see you, but we'll hear you next week, or you'll hear us. I, we got to change the wording on that because we're not going to see anybody next week. But you'll be hearing from you'll be hearing from us. That's our tagline. This is Vinny Favalli and Art Bell from the Constant Comedy Podcast. You'll be hearing from us. Bye bye.
Rosette.